tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hi, everybody. This is Jenny G. Perry, and you are listening to Goddess and Gab. I want to welcome my guest, Meredith Watson. Welcome. Hi, how are you? I'm doing excellent. Awesome. Um, so I want you to tell my audience just a little bit about you, and then at the back end of the podcast, you can tell them how to get in touch with you if they, they want to work with you. Okay. Um, I'm Dr. Meredith J. Watson. I have a beautiful five-year-old precocious daughter that I homeschool. I run two businesses, one of which is mediating for corporate 500 companies, and the other one is where I coach people in their sales process. I've kind of branded myself as the MacBall self-confidence producing sales coach. I bolster confidence in my clients so they can win in life in business. Take the skills from what you learn from souls and move it into business because moving into life because we're all in sales whether you want to admit it or not. You're selling your kids to either Brussels sprouts, your man you don't always want to go go to your nine to five. So you're selling yourself. We're all in sales. Let's just admit it. <laughs> That's a, such a great point because I know Um, do you want to do this with me? Because, you know, like if I would get two sales, I'd be like, oh, wait, was that too much? Like, you either like the outcomes easy or it doesn't. But, but speaking of sales, we're going to talk about money. And, but also, I have to back up because precocious, I love. Like, the goal of every, of every child and especially every woman yes. is precocious, right? Um, I love that. I can feel her aliveness. And that's the thing is that for this generation, like what works for our generation doesn't work for the kids. And so if your kid doesn't listen to you, is too wild at times, is their own is their own person, that little unicorn, that's exactly who you're raising. Yes. You just have to know. It's not always going to be easy with them because it's a different era. And my in-laws were just in this past weekend, and I was trying to explain. I was like, you can't do the same things as you did before. And my mother-in-law cracked me up. And she was like, just get a penny can. Get a can with pennies and shake it when they act up like she does with their dogs. And I'm dying laughing. I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> it was too funny. Could you imagine? Like, our kids would be like, I don't know, mom's trying to make music or what? I, I think but I thought that. that was just. Back in the day, like, I, everybody has their own way of disciplining their kids. But it's like, for me, trying to balance I don't have a temper I really don't but I I change my voice and it's almost like someone else takes over and it's like who is <laughs> talking to my child oh my goodness I know and that's a balance like off the mouth and yeah there's been times where I've said things and I'm like who was that I, who was I channeling right there that's so not me but that's the thing that I'm I'm really in I think both you and I being in our 30s, we're trying to like bridge that gap between like the way things were done before and the way things were done now. And the thinking is different. And so that, that leads into business. But what I really wanted to talk about with people that I see such, it's a struggle no matter what industry people are in and asking them, asking them the question, like, do you want to be rich? Mm -hmm. And most people will say yes, but they don't even know what that means. 
so you were saying like, you know, you have people that come across, you know, you and, and they've made your money blocks. And you can tell them one, one thing, tell them your pet peeve and then we'll get into the money blocks. Cause I think that when you said that, I want to explain to people what that actually means about when you said they have to ask. A lot of people, from my experience, like they'll say, like you're, you're in that discovery call or alignment call, which that's a whole nother story for me. But you get to the part where they ask you, do you want to work with them? Or you ask if the person wants to work with you and they say no. They, one of the two, I guess the two biggest ones that drive me insane is um, <clears throat> I can't afford it. Well, then I, I, as a coach, try to see where we can figure out where the investment costs or where the investment can come from without having to sell their lung. But then there are others who are like, well, you can't afford me because you have a money block. Wherein there is a such thing, and it is true in some ways, sometimes the person really can't afford you. They have bills. I know it starts with the same letter, but it's bills. They have bills that they have to pay. And the other pet peeve where people get to that point, I'll, we'll talk about later. But yeah, if, if there is a such thing as a money block. But I think that some people overuse that and don't really understand what that is. Because from what I've well, gathered, it's not what people think. Well, also, I mean, but on both sides, is a lack of self-responsibility. And I've done the same exact thing with you where I've been like, okay, you want to work with me? Okay, well, let's look at a way for you to create money to work with me. Not because at that point, I don't even have an agenda if they want to work with me or not. I'm looking at it as a problem solving, like, you know, I'm really good at generating ideas and, and getting into that creative space with somebody with, with their own business, even though I'm not a business coach. Because it's still like, to me, as a life coach, you're covering all areas with somebody. I would never want to just focus on one. For me, I like that. I think any coach is ever going to focus on one area. Because like you said, the money blocks thing comes up. But so they, they want to answer husband, like say even for people that are like, you know, stay at home moms and want to invest in like becoming a Mary Kay person or whatever MLS. And they're like, I have to ask my husband first, take a step back there. And, and like, I look at that as it's a reality. Okay. Yeah. And then if your heart's desire is there, then look at the resistance there and say, is this self-sabotage or is this real? Because if you're lit up, like horses, wild horses can't stop you because you explain to him how lit up you are. And then he now feels your lit upness and is like, oh, I want this for you. And the other thing about the money block thing is, is that I work with energy. So I believe in energy. Energy is a reality. If, if you don't realize that energy is a thing, we have electricity, we plug into the wall. I don't know how it works. Wi-Fi is a thing. I don't know how that works. I can't see it. But energy is real. And if you've been around anybody, who you can feel doesn't like you, it's the ickiest thing ever, yes. and it's energy, okay? So money blocks, the way I would like to look at it is, I always go back to someone's childhood, and I'm like, how do you feel about money? And I know one of my blocks has been a thing that I see in the left serve on this earth, and one of the left helping consciousness, and mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing, but what they would do is is that like they would they would see the dark side of corporate America and people like doing bad things for money and they would never want to take away so like they don't want to be rich because in Africa that shit doesn't work it does not work you get more money doing something consciously and doing something that is lighting you up and uh, and helping others mm-hmm. even if even if you're not lighting them up even if you're selling them Mary Kay but they love their lipstick okay it's good vibes Yes. And then you have more money so you can make a difference and invest in Kiva 
or sponsor a child in Africa. Like you can do so much more if you allow yourself to step up and step into your light. So you see, like for me, I find the blocks awesome because it's like when you get real about it, it can't run the show anymore once you know it. It's like taking it from under the rug that you've swept it under and like looking at it for what it is and going, okay, I'm going to deal with you and get you out of my effing way. Totally. Completely. But also this idea of, you know, this money block, I think that, I think the word money has such a loaded energy to it. It's like, it's funny how, you know, different times in my life, different words would be like triggering or would, and so people think the goal is money. And I actually think that, you know, like in, as soon as you said the word money block, because we always talk like pre the call, because I always like to generate some sort of energy before we talk, you know, before the podcast goes live. So yeah. we find like, a, you know, a connection. So when you said money block, I just thought about the fact of that, like, you know, if, if it was so simple, like some coaches try to make it out to be is, and they, sh- and they're very shamey with it. Like, I would yes. tell money block, you just need to work on your money mindset, blah, blah, blah. It's like, Okay, so you're telling me every rich person then in the world is really aligned and centered and connected and they're doing all their mindset practices? No, for some people, money comes easier because they were born into wealth, so that's mm-hmm. all they know. And even if they aren't, okay, even if they came into money and they don't have an attachment to money, they may have some sort of wound and healing work that needs to be done in another area like body image or relationships. And like, honestly, to be a trophy wife, that seems like it would be so dreadful. So like, they might not have a money block. Could you imagine that? Like, I, that, I have no desire to be a trophy wife. Like, that would just be so icky feeling. I don't, this is kind of funny. I am, I don't want to be a wife at all. Like, I can't do it. And I think it's because I'm so independently minded. And I think that's why sometimes when people say that they have to ask their spouse, I cringe inside. I don't say anything, but I cringe inside because I have no idea what that's like. I came from a family of, I guess you may as well just call them ball busters. I mean, the women kind of ran the show. And mm-hmm. my daughter's father, who I was married to for 10 years, is a very laid back, passive man. And, mm-hmm. but I am so, I, I have a regiment to my day. I have a regiment to my schedule and I'm a loving, caring person by nature, but I'm not emotionally available for someone else. It's like, you have to ask them how they're doing. Can't help them clean. That's just too much. It's like, I don't really care how your day was. Are you alive? Are you bleeding? Do you need a spleen? <laughs> not like, you know, major it's such an effort for me. Cause after I put my daughter to bed, then it's me time. I get to sit sit down with my glass of rum and coke and my dinner. Yes, I eat dinner separately for my children because I need to eat in peace. And I mean, I sit down with my children to eat, but I eat my own food separately because I don't know what it is when I'm eating. My kids always want what I have. And I'm like, but you have your own food. I'm just, <laughs> I hate that. Well, and Nope. <laughs> Listen, I, but I think that, I think that relationships, it's, it's this thing. It's like, you have to know what your love love languages are. Yes. And, and I look at it as like when you look back on your own childhood too, like, you know, would I have wanted my mom to crash with me and stuff? Like, I guess, I don't know. But my mom made money and she gave us wonderful things. And it's like, you also, one pet peeve I have of mine is that like, I don't really care about your childhood anymore in the way that like, you know, and this, it sounds bad, but it's like now 
I look at it as a stick. Like if you let that person have the stick of your happiness and all your power, take the fucking stick back. So it doesn't matter what was going on. You got to look at them as a person. And yes, there are some really bad parents out there that do terrible things and you need to cut them out of your life. I don't believe that you should always forgive people in the way of like, you can forgive them. So you're free where you don't, you don't talk about them anymore. You don't even let you, it's almost like they're dead to you. And I do think that some people need to do that with their families when there's abuse, but it's like, you got to take responsibility. If your parents weren't perfect, there is no perfect. Like right. there is no perfect. Maybe they had their own issues and you got to take a look at that as like they were also a person. And so I do less things with my kids that I did with my older two. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I could go into like the mom dealt with that, but why? I was so much bitchier and I was just like yeah. angry all the time. And so with this version of mom, they get crazy mom. They get like mom is just completely unapologetically herself. Yes. I don't watch the kids' movies with you, with them. I'm a hugger. I'm a lover. I'm a word of encouragement. I will ask you how your day is. And you know what my seven-year-old said to me the one day? So we have the opposites right here. Is I was like, how was your day? And he's like, good. And I'm like, what was the best part of your day? And he was like, can you stop talking to me? <laughs> yes, that's my kind of babe. Yes. <laughs> it's just too funny. But it's, I mean, me and my husband actually, at one point, when he would come home from work, we would be like, because I work at home. And he works outside the home. And it was like, how was your day? Guess what? I don't, re- I don't really want to hear about your, your work. If you want to process something with me, that's fine. And he knows you can tell me a little bit about it. But I don't really want to go into your drama of your day. And you really don't want to go into the drama of my day unless we need to process it. Because I do think it's good to have people that you can process things with. You should only have two people you process it with, though. If not, you're creating a new drama. But so what we started doing is that we over hours ago at work or hours ago with the kids and the minute we start talking about it at 10 o'clock at night now we lowered our vibe so we can fill the other person in on their day when they really don't even want to know I mean really do they want to know no and so uh, what we decided to start saying is what do you want to talk about and then go from there and it was much more like not we were being conscious of our energy and the way we wanted things to be and I think that in relationships sometimes people are honest about what they need Or um, they don't want to be vulnerable about that, but I think it's funny with the whole mom deal. It's like, what a mom is, is like just whoever you are. Mm -hmm. Like you homeschool your child. That's amazing in itself. There are women that can't even imagine (laughs) in in a million years having the patience because they tell me all the time, like they would never have the patience for it. So how do you have the patience for that? And you're allowed, shit, if you homeschool, you're allowed to eat your dinner by your damn self. <laughs> That's right. I totally agree. And I'm also like, I love being with my child. Someone actually cornered me about that yesterday. She was like, you know, you know she's going to need interaction. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. And I guess this is like my come out thing. I don't want to miss a moment with her. That's why I work from home and I love being with her. Two, there are a lot of bad kids out there. And I don't want my child picking up bad habits that I have to deprogram. And third, if I turn around one more it's I lose her. I lost my whole And it's like it and it's kind of also self this is the smallest piece of the pie. But it's selfish because I don't I'm an introvert by nature. So now I have to get to know the friends, the friends' parents, if they have an extended family, all I have to go 
to birthday parties and play dates. And I'm like, you know what? I don't like people enough to spend my time. <laughs> you know, I just don't. I can coach the hell out of you and I can get you where you want to be. I can talk, you know, shop. I can do it all. But you know what? If I spend a day with all these people networking and, you know, smoozing or whatever, I'm going to feel like. chat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've chat drains yes. me. I, I completely know exactly I can't what you're do talking it. And about. then I have to spend three days alone because I have to regroup. And most of all, and I'm a very bottom line person. I think that people should just cut all the crap and just get to the point. You know, if you're a coach, you're getting on the phone, you're going to give them a little bit, a taste of what it's like to work with you. And then you're going to ask them to work with you. Don't pretend like you're not. We're all in sales. Don't pretend we're not. You know. But that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the podcast show. Like, I genuinely was like, let's connect. Let's see how we can promote each other. And, like, we all win. And, it, you know, to me, chit-chat drains the shit out of me. And I am a drop-off at school pickup mom now. And I wasn't back in, the, in you know, my oldest. I knew all the kids' names. I knew all the parents. But as an empath, like, I definitely I am very conscious of my energy. Yes. And the chit-chat is very draining. And I don't want to have any conversations that I don't want to have. But I found that I, what I like, and, and you just clearly know what you're about. I love just being straight up real or being totally inappropriate and funny. Yeah. Like that's in my two seats. I love it. Like I don't want to talk about the weather. I don't. Not at all. So to me, it's like all about the vibration that people bring to the table. And my uh, three-year-old will be starting preschool next year. And so like that'll be a whole, you know, whole new journey. But she takes dance class right now. And it's funny because like if you get kids like around their peers, like she is the, um, she, my, my oldest daughter teaches her dance class. Okay. So in the one class, she is one of the older ones. And guess what she does? She dominates. She bosses people around in that <laughs> class. And then in the next one, she's the youngest and she plays baby because she's a baby of the family and she plays baby here and she bosses her sibling in the next moment. And she's like, going to be a little spitfire because She's like, you know, three and already will tell you, like, so, you know, like, cursing my seven-year-old yesterday. You know, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, but she was annoyed with him. She was like, I'm not having this stuff. Like, I'm, I'm the youngest, and I got three older brothers who love me. Like, I got to be tough. But kids are so funny to see the way they interact with other kids because, like, you know, my kids have been bad at home, and then they go to school, and the teacher's like, oh, they're an angel. And I'm like, my kid? My son. My, that son over there? That little blonde one over there? But it's interesting because I think that, as humans, like, if you've ever taken, like, a group coaching program or gone to a seminar, we show up differently around new people and try to find our way. Yes. And, like, it's just, it's part of being human. But, yeah, working around people every single day, God bless them. Because I need my space to myself, even though I live with a bunch of other humans here. <laughs> but it's, it's, I give people a lot of credit because that's a lot of personalities. And I think that, like, it's, to me, what the biggest gripe people will have about people that they work with is somebody being really negative. And I think that it's, that's, that's something that is, um, is tough because not everyone's going to do their work on themselves. No, so whether not. it's a mother-in-law or a neighbor, you're going to encounter those type of people. So what advice would you have on that too with, with negative people? Well, to me, our, that's to me a defense because you can't possibly walk around like that 
and be okay with who you are. There has to be something you're, you're doing that to push people to kind of as a shield. I have an aunt, I love her to pieces, but she is the person in our family everybody's afraid of, even me, but I'm not really afraid of her because I can call her on the carpet. I'm not going to do it in her face because then she'll kill me, but I'll run it and talk about her, you know, not talk about her, but, <laughs> you know, say what I've got to say as I'm running away from her. But she is so <laughs> nasty. Like her attitude is mm-hmm. nasty as I've ever known. If you call on her and be like, you know, Aunt So and so, why are you saying me? She's like, I'm like this all the time. That's a lie. You're not like that all the time because somebody call you on the carpet. So negative people to mm-hmm. me, I mirror back to them what they're doing and it never fails. They're like, Why are you so nasty? I'm not nasty. I'm just reflecting to you what you're doing to me. And the reason you pick that out is because you know that's how you act. So I just call them on their own carpet or I disengage. Most of the, it's fifty fifty. If I feel like I can break through the the minutiae. I'll call them on the carpet. If I don't think so, I'm like, you know what? I hope you have a great day and sit on a tack. Yeah, well, I to me, there's three there's three things that I teach people in in like if they're in a negative conversation because some people are like married to somebody and they might have to be like at, at an event or something like that. And so if somebody's ta- if somebody is talking about something that the energy is just weird mm-hmm. and you're like not just not feeling it, you get to do one of three things, okay? And they work all the time. I've learned this from experience, and it's, it's going to be such common sense that you're going to be like, <laughs> duh. But it, one is go to the bathroom. Wash your hands because we hold energy in our hands. So the minute you change locations, first of all, you cut the energy. Second of all, you energetically shift things when you wash your hands. Okay, it, same goes for a shower. Same goes for an Epsom bath, but there's a lot of energy in our hands. And so you come back to the table. It can't be the same conversation because you broke the energy. You broke the connection. Second oh of all gosh. is you can change the subject. What were you going to say? Babe? I was going to say that my mom, my mom's a therapist. That's exactly, that's a great idea. Change the energy, get up and leave and come back. Yes, totally. And even like, you can take it one step further. If you find that it's, it, that it's generated some anger in you, you can say whatever prayers, you know, help you clear. I believe in that all prayers, like if you say amen or if you say namaste or whatever, like it doesn't matter. God feels the energy, not the words. But Om Shanti is something that I learned as one of the mantras that felt good to me because I had no dogma attached to it, no, um, no energy from my childhood. And Om Shanti is Buddhist and it's like peace with me, peace with the other person and peace with God. Or like peace with me, peace with the world, peace with God, that type of thing. And it's like taking self-responsibility for like, I'm, I'm having peace out there in the world, having peace with God and peace with myself. And so um, I hope I didn't mess that up. I'm, I'm trying to think if it's, but it doesn't matter. But um, it's the three levels. And it's like, to me, it's like, oh my God, it feels so good to say that. You go back to the table. Second one is that we do this all the time. So people are going to think that it seems so abrupt to do this, but if somebody's talking about something you don't like, you change the subject because it would be like this. I'd be like, oh my God, Meredith, I forgot to tell you something. Or the craziest thing happened here. I've got to tell you the best story ever. And it sounds juvenile and childish that we'd be interrupting like that, but we do it all the time because we get enthusiastic. Yes. And I'm telling you, it, is it worth looking like you're a, a spaz or is it worth it to let your energy be drained? I pretty much think you'd rather be a spaz yeah. than let your energy be drained so you look a certain way. The third thing, and I've learned this, this is a big thing that you were saying about disengaging, like you do with your family, mm-hmm. is you hover above the conversation. So like I was in a lab core place, a place getting blood work with my 
one son and some lady was talking about something that was an earshot. So it doesn't matter if you're in the conversation or you're overhearing it. You energetically imagine you putting your, putting your consciousness right above your head in like your inner being, your higher self. And that way you're not so much rooted in your body where you feel reactive, you feel in your mind. You just kind of ignore what's going on because if you don't add energy to that conversation, it won't grow bigger. Right. Because people will feel when you're not interested. And if they say you're not interested, you can tell them you're not interested. You, it, that doesn't matter. Or a lot of times they won't say that you're not interested. But when you start doing this stuff of managing your own energy and just kind of shifting, people may say that you changed. And it's like, okay. And, like, that's a bad thing. I mean, if you don't change in your lifetime, you're going to stay an infant then, I guess. Like, come on now. Change is part of being human. It is. But I wanted to... I wanted to go back to this idea of wealth. And, and so tell me, like, because I think that this, you know, do you guys want to be rich? Like, maybe you already are rich and you just don't see it. So tell me those moments. Like, when you talk about your, your daughter, like, I can totally relate, even though I have five children and even though they're in school. I know what that's like. I remember, like, there being a shooting when, uh, when I think my daughter might have been in first grade and being like, I don't want to send her to school. Like, I totally get that. Like, the mom, the, the mom energy completely. And loving them so much that, you're, that it's a love, like, you can't even, like, comprehend that you have. So she makes you feel wealthy. The she love does. that you have with her makes you feel wealthy, doesn't it? It does. And I think that, like we were talking earlier, wealth to everyone is different. Like, to me, wealthy is, it's not all about how much money is in my account. It's about being able to live in a place where I feel loved and safe, time with my daughter, time with myself, time with my mom. I'm obsessed with my mom. And being able to look outside my office window and see a beautiful trees and forestry because there's so many people who don't have that clean running water clothes. My air conditioner is fixed. I'm so grateful because nothing beats me being hot and irritable. I think everybody's <laughs> feeling real blessed once I, they know I'm comfortable because I'm a bear when I'm not comfortable, when I'm hungry and I'm <laughs> uncomfortable. I'm a bear. You wouldn't even recognize me. So I feel wealthy because I have air conditioning. Because I, I have a. T I'm telling you right now, I am not the stand out in the heat, physical labor person, and I'm okay with that. I own that. I don't like to sweat. So hey, girlfriend, I that's. <laughs> yeah. I, well, and that's the thing is like, you know, too many people try to make themselves be something, and that's why I always give them like fitness advice. Where I'm like, if you don't like to run, then don't run. Just because someone else is running. You don't have to all do things one way. Like, God forbid that we all do things the same way. That's boring. And so I love that idea of wealth. And there have been many times where me and my husband sat on the beach and we've looked around at the kids. And it, it literally doesn't even matter, like, the, you know, the label on my bikini or any of that. Because the beach kind of is like a leveling ground. Because you can tell maybe some people have more money than others. But it's kind of not because you're not driving cars. The, the, you know, the style of of your beach chair is not going to differ that much. It's not like you have a platinum, you know what I mean? Like, like the Rolls Royce of chairs, you wouldn't know it. So it's such a like level playing ground and like everyone's got cellulite, everybody's got their, you know, nibble bits and everything. And some people might have breast implants, but that's actually also kind of not indication, indicative of the money that they have. It really, it's, you would, it, it would be hard to figure out exactly how much money everybody had in their bank account based upon them sitting sweating on the beach because my hair is very frizzy and it'll be up in a bun and it does not look as good as how fine I can look and how on fleek my hair can look with a blowout. Like nothing. Blowout Being sweating on the beach is not. 
What? Blowouts are life. Are they not? I know. Like, oh my goodness. Um, but no, it's so this idea of wealth, I think like, you know, you like on your deathbed, when you look back, you're going to be like, how many moments of joy did I have? Like how much wealth did I actually feel inside? And health is wealth. And it's not about like you have to drink green smoothies every day, but like appreciate that your damn legs work. Honestly, yes. every day, if you appreciate that, you attract more good into your life. It's the best feeling to know where your, what your blessings really are and to count because people, some of the smallest things, like for me, you know, I had a son and I lost my son and I have a daughter. So that's why I always see my children. I'll probably see my children for the rest of my life. But I know there are people who have lost all their kids or they don't have any kids and they want them and to be blessed to have that or there are people who they don't have enough food and maybe the food isn't the best but you have something that fills your body or you're able to see these beautiful things in the world the different colors the changing of the lights at the traffic sign just to just be thankful for the little things and that can make you feel so much more grateful and doing like a gratitude practice and those are the things that are wealthy to me like having the things that some people take for granted but other people would die to have mm-hmm. and and i think that honestly that's where the law of attraction comes in whether people want to subscribe to the secret or abraham hicks or any of that but you know i will all the time see things and i'll show, point out specifically to my 10 year old and seven year old and they're like i i know it's the law of attraction in school because i don't care who you are whatever you focus on you'll create more of so you want to test out my theory, take a subject and start researching it on Google. And let me tell you something, you are going to see it everywhere. People are going to be talking about it. It's going to pop up on the TV. It's real. Like you mm -hmm. will attract more of that subject, whether it's something that you like or you don't like, because it's on your radar. Your radar is a real thing. So if you're appreciating and you look for the beauty and just focus today, like do an experiment even like on a smaller degree and focus on the color purple. And I'm actually wearing purple today, but focus on purple and say, I love purple, or I see purple all the time. You're going to, purple is going to be all over your damn day. It's just, it's a reality. And so I think that if you want to be rich, focus on your riches right now, focus on the wealth that you have now, focus on the good, focus on who loves you. Like, yes. certain, and like you said, there's certain things that you have that come so easily to you that you've forgotten. It is a blessing that someone else would be looking at your life and try looking at your life through their lenses and you can shift that. I mean, I've done that like in my physical reality where I've been like, man, if I looked at this from a different person's perspective, what would I see? And it could be positive or negative, you know, make sure you sway it in the positive. But I, I'm sorry to hear that you lost your son. And that's something that, again, going back to compassion, when you don't know people's stories, you don't know how strong they are. Yeah. You don't know what battles they've been through. And so was he a baby when he passed? How old was he? Um, I have some malignant cells, so I chose to decide it. I had to decide whether I wanted to continue or if I wanted to go as far as I could with the pregnancy. So I was probably in the, going into the third part of my trimester. I mean, the, 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 my third, the middle part of my third trimester, and he was stillborn. He was, I shouldn't say he was stillborn. He lived for a little while. But it's, it's so, I'll always feel like I have a son, like I have pictures and he looks just like you me. You do, Meredith, yes. you do have a son. You do. And it's so important that people, that I honor that because if I only said I had one child, I'd feel so guilty, even though he, you know, he didn't live like a whole 24 hours. It's still my son. It's still the man, the little boy. And I can think of all the things he would do and all the things he would be and 
like it's 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 funny how energy transmits and transforms and does things because my little my daughter she's five she's never met him and she's like yeah I have a brother and it's the I've never told her and it's the craziest thing but it's also that's crazy it is it's so moving to me and you know just honoring the fact that I could do that and I did have that opportunity and now I've been blessed with a beautiful little girl that I homeschool and love and adore and honoring them both and to me that's wealthy because I know my friends some of my friends they can't have kids at all or they've had to have other options to having kids which is completely cool but it's just being being honest with yourself about what it means to be abundant and what it means to have all these beautiful things that once again some people can only dream of but other people take it for granted Mm, and you know what I think is like now that you touched upon this is another abundance that I feel within me is is maybe this seems so upside down but like the the more like I told you I'm I'm heading into 39 and I'm in the zero flux phase where I, my goal every day is to have less judgment. Now there are some craziest people out there in the world, but my goal is to try to like go heart centered and to try to release as much judgment as I can. Cause that's a freedom. And to me that creates more wealth within me. Like if I can feel freer inside, cause I mean, that's another thing with money is that you want more money, but really do you want more time? Mm-hmm. Free time? Do you want more freedom to do what you want? Like, Get really clear on what it is that you want and then look at the freedom that you have in your life. Look at what you're doing with your time. Like that's why this wormhole of money blocks is like way deep. But to me, the losing judgment, like, you know, like allowing myself to be like, you know, why do I have to have an opinion here? And like, can I allow that person to have their story and their stuff? Like that to me so much freer versus sitting here and having to pass judgment. And and that's where you, there's a heck of a lot of people that are technically rich in their bank account, but they're not rich in their heart. And I'm always going to choose rich in my heart and to, you know, Every day. and to be, and to be, you know what, we're going to coin a new term today. Okay. We are blessing based. Like we're blessing based. Like that's how we're based. That's our living. I'm blessing based because that's the, that. where you're looking for the blessings in everything that you can and and I look at even the times that I've gone through, like what you did with your son, is it, it helps you develop compassion for other people that have gone through something similar or you know where their heart broke mm-hmm. or you know where they had to make a tough decision or whatever. And to me, compassion is actually a superpower. It's it majorly because it's to judge. That's easy. But to slip into compassion sometimes is is way different way different and it takes a strength you know what I mean it takes a strength that like you're saying with your aunt like she's in this guard and she's got her armor on so yes. she wasn't it's not as easy to be in compassion right because compassion means you got to be strong enough to be vulnerable which means you might be which means you might get hurt that's why compassion I think is like such an elevated space you really have to <clears throat> and once you've been hurt putting that keeping maintaining that compassion so that you can still come from a place of compassion because it's really quick once you've been hurt it's like okay i'm never trusting anybody put that guard up (laughs) everywhere around and i'm like that like i had this big hiccup in october and it set the tone for everything after but i have to remember to come from a place of compassion because i was compassionate the day before it happened i have to be compassionate Mm -hmm. and loving and not let situations and events and things you know, overshadow who I am at the core, not because of this, you know, brutal, bitter 
pissant. You know, it's important not to do that. Well, of course. And that's the thing is you are going to have those things that knock you off. And I'll be honest with you, it could be one of my kids that does that. Where I, where I feel like my feelings have been hurt. And when I feel like my feelings are hurt, I'm like a bear then. I'm like, well, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, I hate all y'all. Like, you know, I just get stupid <laughs> because you're in that space, right? And, and, I, and I recognize it within myself where I'm like, whenever you start saying, like, you never or you always, you're like, you're going crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I recognize, like, what I'm like, I'll go into fight or flight. Like, I, I feel like leaving the house or, like, going in my bedroom or just, like, getting away because I'm so mad that that person did that. But now I've been trying to, like, you know, get really honest with myself about where's my part in it and, like, am I willing to let this rock me? Like, or the thing is, is, is that relationships are so complicated. So it's like you're, you're looking at it from your vantage point but you're not looking at it from their vantage point. And as my, as my oldest is now 20, like I've had to honor her boundaries and it sounds weird, but like when they're a baby, there is no boundaries. As they're two, there's, there's more boundaries. They want to run away from me. As they get older, their boundaries, you know, vacillate so much and, and you have to honor where their boundary is and don't push through their boundary. That was actually difficult for me because I never had to deal with my kids before because you know, they're growing, they're expanding. So you want to make them wrong. Like say if they don't text you back. Okay. You want to make them wrong. But in their story, they're like, yeah, but you're being uber pushy. And I don't like that. And like, give me some space. So it's very interesting when you put yourself in different shoes and then you can, it's way more compassionate. And think about it. And it's funny that you say that because my mom, I'm, I like talking to her every day, but right now she's very busy and I put quotes around busy. And all I'm thinking is there's 24 hours in a day. You don't have five minutes to pick up the phone. You don't have five minutes to send a text. And maybe I'm being a little unreasonable. Maybe she is busy back to back. But I also believe that no one's really that busy. It's where you are on, on your priority scale. Mm-hmm. So, but, you also, but you also may be pulling at her and not realizing it and, and being like, um, also being in the space of like what she's doing wrong versus, you know, versus, versus just texting her and with, with the, a detached place, which I know yeah. is like really hard to say because we're like not attached to like if a stranger smiles at us, but if it's like our mom or someone that we love, like we do have an attachment. But I think that it, it can be like the energy between a relationship can be, we can get so in our heads and build up a story. So do you know what I mean? Like where your story can be like, you're too busy for me instead Mm of saying you're too busy and leaving off this for me because then you're personalizing it. Do you know what I mean? Like that's where, believe me, I totally get the mom thing because I'm like you and that I can talk to my mom every single day and my daughter who's 20 doesn't need that. And I'm like, but you should, you should, you should, because you know, I'm thinking of my, (laughs) yes. Mm hmm. I am sure it does exactly, but I'm also thinking of things from a different generation. Yeah. So you have to honor, like you know, just because your relationship is the way it is with your mom, your daughter, you and your daughters will be completely unique. And right. what'll be different is that, like, she'll probably be such a like a star in her life that you'll be like letting her have the spotlight a lot of the time, and she'll be like, "Mom, you were the wind beneath my wings. Like you allowed me that space." to be the little diva. And so it's just, I think there's nothing, there's nothing more uh, beautiful between a mother and a child and, and having my first and my daughter, it's like, they teach you how to become someone else. Like every time you're born, 
every time you have a child, Mm -hmm. you're reborn. And of course, with your first, you know, it's like you give birth. So with your son, you became a mother. But then with your daughter, you became a mother that was going to parent for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. That's such a beautiful thing. So. I have the warm fuzzies, and I hope that you do too. And I do. I re- I'm so glad we got to be so heart centered in this, you know, in this podcast today. I think it's important. I really do. Super important. So I, I know we're we're past the time, and so I want to make sure that you let them know how they can how they can get in touch with you and work with you. Feel free to watch, uh, not watch, but come to MillionaireAllianceCorp.com. You can get a free ebook. And then I also have a free Facebook group, Confidence Lounge. So feel free to come over and hang out with me there. We have a hoot and a holler time. I give out tips and tricks. It's almost like free coaching. And working with me and seeing me in those um, spaces, maybe we'll work together for an investment. I'm super excited. That's awesome. Yes. And thank you for sharing your heart with us and sharing your, you know, insight to the money blocks. And there might be some people that, you know, resonate big time with shifting their money story now, now that they see that it's not a block or like, what are they talking about with money? Mm -hmm. And also like maybe their default is to always ask their spouse. And maybe that's something where they are looking at it from a different perspective. So thank you for teaching so much today. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Have a great one. Yeah, thank you so much, Meredith. And everybody, thank you for listening to Goddess and Gab. This is Jenny G. Perry. You can always find out more about me at JennyGPerry.com. Take care now.